Welcome to Sick Palette Podcast. I'm your host, Thipa Shreeder, and I am so excited about uh, this particular podcast. It is the first interview um, edition for the Substack, and I am so lucky to know this person just personally as a friend. And then on top of that, she is, she's like a, a true star. So I'm so excited that we get to talk to Kanisha White, aka Kenny White. Um, she is a co-founder of Rage and Release um, in Brooklyn. And basically we met, I want to say we met like three years ago. It might be three or four years ago. Um, but she essentially was, uh, working with a corporation, um, that was basically facilitating pop-ups all over the country. And me and her just clicked while I was doing my supper club kind of everywhere. And we both just sort of kind of understood that we both had basically like the same ideas and values when it comes to hosting events, um, and she's just sort of taken everything she's learned from there and just applied it to this incredible brand that she has helped br- build. I was about to say Brind. This is also just so you know, <laughs> this is my fourth time trying to record this introduction because Kenny is so fucking amazing that every time I've tried to do this intro, I was like, no, that sucked. And you know what? We're going to keep the one where I say, where I almost say Brind, and then I fess up to saying Brind. Um, but yeah, she's a entrepreneur. She is an, <laughs> she's an entrepreneur. Um, she's a creative. She just, her idea of what hosting can be and what she has done within the hosting space um, and how she has basically grown um, her business and her own profile through the pandemic is honestly, it's in some inspiring stuff. Um, so, you know, please check the podcast notes to follow Rage and Release, to follow her IG and just, you know, you you guys want to watch this journey because it's it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, I'm not going to have like an ending to this particular interview, so it's going to kind of end slightly abrupt. We continue to talk, so obviously it wasn't that abrupt for us, but I just chose wherever we could have a kind of stopping point. Um, and, you know, that's that's just how it's going to be. Until until we can get this substack into like producer zone and all of that, this this is how our interview podcasts are gonna kinda end. It's just gonna be other than this like fucking long ass inter, like introduction I'm doing right now, it's gonna be like all all killer, no filler. Is that the American saying? I understand that I'm American, but I'm an immigrant American. All killer, no filler. Or do you want all filler, no killer? No, it sounds like you want killer. Killer sounds better than filler, right? It's Anyways, the interview slash convo, I think, 
I think I, I learned a lot from her. I always learn a lot whenever I talk to her and hopefully you guys will too. Um, I'm going to end this. I wanted this to be a minute and a half and here we are four minutes in, but this is just who I am. Okay. Y'all enjoy Kenny. Um, it's okay. (laughs) So let's, let's get into it. Um, Kenny, you are somebody that I feel like in your very young life has accomplished so much and you've already got yourself all set up for your future. You've got like a really cool plan and um, you're someone that is just kind of attacking pop-ups, the idea of supper clubs in a really cool and unique way. Um, I think especially after the pan, uh, I'm saying after the pandemic, we're still in a fucking pandemic. Still in it. I would like to be, I (laughs) would like to be through it. Yeah, I'd like to be over it, but we're not. Um, But within the pandemic, I feel like you were able to really kind of roll with the punches. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to, first off, let you kind of describe exactly what Rage and Release is and then your food series within Rage and Release. Oh, yeah. So Rage and Release is a lifestyle brand that also houses a community. Um, Everything we do is really rooted in bettering ourselves and starting within and checking in, not only being self-aware, but respecting ourselves the way we move, what we consume, be it cannabis or food or anything of that nature. Um, And then we explore movement as well through running and all different types of hybrid athletics. So it's really just an overall lifestyle brand that's rooted in ourselves and and bettering ourselves to then bleed into the world around us. And and that's what it's really all about. Um, The community that we have here is uh, mostly known for running. Um, We meet every Tuesday and Thursday in Brooklyn, and we have a beautiful diverse community of people that come from all over the city that honestly boosted during the pandemic, which is pretty beautiful. Um, And since then also has branched out into other projects like the Bang Bang, which is our food programming. And that's where we really explore mindful consumption through what we eat. Um, So in that, we are doing a mashup of two chef uh, supper clubs where we explore traditional flavors and fresh ways. So everything's vegetarian and we really allow the chefs to have the floor to showcase not only their roots, but who they are um, as artists and um, really have a two act tasting. And it's really exciting. And it's something that we actually just celebrated one year of Um, just a week ago or a week or two ago, um, (laughs) which is exciting. But uh, yeah, we've been operating here in New York now for four years and it all started with running and now we're exploring and showcasing the entire lifestyle uh, and just putting cannabis in a positive light and also kind of rewriting the narrative around what wellness looks like for everyone. I I love that. I love that you are also taking kind of a 360 approach on wellness. It is not meaning that, you know, wellness is something that you schedule from 5 to 6 p.m. It is it is something that exactly like you're you're kind of sort of saying that this is this is this is not an appointment. This is this is how you're basically scheduling your day. This is your day. 
Definitely. It's, it's funny because we use things like food and Mm -hmm. cannabis and running, which people approach and say, Oh, well, I I do this. Like it's, it's the, it's something that they do daily. Right. (laughs) It's very, um, it's not something that you really think about and the way we explore it is on a deeper level. And through that, the lifestyle is felt. Um, and it's more of like a ritual approach to the way you treat yourself versus just waking up and flowing through life. So it's, it's been really beautiful to work on that and explore it through so many different veins. Yeah. And that, that to me is also what's so interesting about this, this brand that, you know, you, you are a founder of, I mean, it feels like it, it kind of all happened a little bit organically, but the more and more I talk to you about it, I feel like there's more facets to it. And it's, and it's something that is um, constantly kind of one upping itself. How did that come to be? You know, you said you started with the running and how did, how did the other stuff started to fold in? You know, it's funny. Um, I, first of all, it's, Myself and Ty Richards Mm -hmm. uh, is the founder and uh, my co-founding partner of Rage and Release. And when he came to me with what he had been working on within running and his vision of what the Rage and Release lifestyle really was, we teamed up and put our our toolboxes together and uh, were able to really branch out beyond what the community was really serving up at the time. Um, and just kind of flipping the script and, and approaching everything in a different way. And it's really rooted in our lives. Like this is, this is everything that we create is lived, loved, and like threaded with our day to day and packaging it as something that can be shared for everyone and people can just find what works for them. Um, and so it's really beautiful how that's why it's so organic because it's, mm-hmm. it's really coming out like, okay, well, I love food. I work in food. Food is so like, I'm, I'm geeking out about food. Let's create a way to showcase food in this method. Um, Ty has uh, everything is really rooted in his story at the, mm-hmm. as the creator, as far as like his upbringing, um, spirituality, his, being a cannabis athlete, um, being a runner for over what, 16 years now. And so it's like pieces of our lives that are quilted together and put together as an entire brand. It is lifestyle and it's real life. Yeah, it's it, it. And it feels like that. I think it's, it's really cool to seeing more and more brands that kind of um, sort of reflect the actual person's identity. I do find it to be kind of a new approach of building a company. It's a lot of it is kind of anti like thetical to like what we were taught, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> like if you're going to want to start a corporation or if you want to start a business plan, like you have to always look outer instead of looking inner. Um, and that to me is why I think um, the food works so well in there because you are somebody that has, I mean, that's how we met, right? Like yeah. we, 
we basically met on the pop-up front, you on the corporate side of stuff and me, mm-hmm. me kind of uh, doing whatever the fuck I could, I guess, is <laughs> what we could say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, but you that... being able to kind of polish it up, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and, and do it yourself. It's a, Everything we're doing is a DIY version yeah. um, in a way, like, and it's heart, which is why I love it so much. Like, I, like you said, like, I was working in food for what two and a half three Mm -hmm. years um with a startup that was doing similar things as far as showcasing food in a new way and bringing people together and and working with food talent but I I left that role because I wanted to do something a little deeper and and being able to do that through rage and release has been special because it is so much from the heart like down to the people that we work with and the experiences that we're putting together like these supper clubs are made the way they are because that's the way we like to eat yeah (laughs) and and beyond just like experience wise um, just approaching food on a nutritional level uh, as far as you know, exploring vegetarian food in a way that's not boring because I was bored with <laughs> options that I saw. <laughs> like it, it's all it's all very raw in that way. So, um, yeah, bringing my career and and being able to thread it as a passion and and production a passion production is <laughs> is special. Yeah, and and that that I think is where we can kind of sort of pivot to like the food itself. Uh, mm-hmm. When you were kind of noting that vegetarian food doesn't have to be boring. What I also love that you do is you go, you go into cultures that are already having vegetarian food. So you're oh, not yeah. doing like, you know, fucking like faking or whatever it is. You're, you're going into a lot of, especially like non-Western cuisines um, yeah, all and, of it really. Is. Yeah, and and, and chefs and, with that identity, mm-hmm. and it naturally exists. So it it's funny, and the things that we share across cultures that already are there, but now we're in this world where things are being presented in a way as if it's new, as if mm. you know, vegetarian and veganism is new, um, and hasn't been, <laughs> you know, present in a lot of our cultures for yeah. ages. Um, but anywho, it's what's beautiful about the culture clash of the bang bang is that we get to see the similarities that we share, even though we're coming from different necks of the world, we all have similar ways of approaching food. And it's beautiful to see that naturally come out in a dinner, um, when the when the chefs that we're working with are creating these menus and we're exploring these different uh, flavors, but also just core produce that already naturally existed that we've been cooking with and we're just doing it in a new way and or not even a new way in a fresh way and presenting it in a fresh way that allows people to say, wow, I, I, maybe I didn't think about that or maybe I, I, I didn't appreciate it before, but now I'm thinking about it a little bit more or it's giving them a taste of home. Um, so it's a different experience for so many people, but that aspect is really special. 
Yeah, I I love looking at those menus because I, I feel like I'm learning something too, you know, um, because a, a lot of my lens is South Indian. So when I get to see just just different chefs interpreting a lot of like similar ingredients that we have in India, mm-hmm. um, it gives me a little bit of rush. It also makes me feel like, man, there's so much out there, especially Definitely. in that whole plant-based, um, I guess, connection right there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you are thinking about an event, you know, um, and, and putting together an event for rage and release, what do you think are the differences, um, and how you approach an event and how it kind of is organized as opposed to, um, before the pandemic and, and now kind of during, uh, as we're living with it. As far as how we're approaching it now. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of these experiences that we're doing, um, although they're not new, we actually offered them or they grew more in the pandemic. Yes, which that's that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. So prior to the pandemic, we were running, we had events, we were doing things on a different scale um, than we are now. And I think it's the nature of people what people need um we all are worried about our well-being i think top of mind more than ever and Mm -hmm. so these experiences are created out of a demand for that um just feeling like all right we need these spaces to gather and and feed ourselves fuel ourselves fuel our spirits fuel move our bodies, um, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. if it's not running, if it's not food, if it's not a meditation, um, that's why we say find what works for you. uh, Because there's these things are created out of the need. And the way we approach it is seasonally, um, we're exploring what could be helpful at that time. um, With Food in particular, it's more of a a culture clash, but also mm. a seasonal one. So say we're going to explore certain foods or ingredients at a certain time of year that would be beneficial to, for you. Um, for a meditation, it might be because of us, you know, going up going through a a time where like say we're transitioning into winter and we're getting into a different mindset Mm -hmm. so it's really curated around a need it's seasonality not just in what's available it's seasonality in in the culture and the weather i think that's very absolutely yeah it's it's many different layers to it so when you're, you know, you're, you're doing something that is super special, super niche on the whole, you're in New York. What, what are you seeing about dining? Do you, do you feel like more people are going towards this non-traditional way of approaching hosting and, and feeding people? What's your take overall? I feel like right now there, which is something is 
that I'm excited about is seeing that people are exploring dining mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, in New York specifically, I feel like, especially coming out of the pandemic, whether it was like outdoor or all of these creative pop-ups that were coming up and about, it kind of forced us all to look at food differently and Absolutely. approach it differently. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of that, like the product of that is that now we have so many different spaces and uh, ongoing supper clubs and like underground is kind of a buzz again in dining. Um, people are opening their homes for, uh, you know, more private intimate experiences where I'm seeing a lot of different um, alternatives to the traditional approach to just going out to a restaurant and gathering to eat. So it's been, it's been really cool. Like beyond what we're doing um, just pop-up wise, the, the creativity that's really come out recently in the city Mm -hmm. has been exciting to explore. Like I'm, I'm always looking for something to check out. Um, and it always seems to be something going on. So New York City is really alive right now with creative dining approaches. I, I think a lot of that energy is there. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that people just in general, when I when I talk to other chefs and, and other people working in restaurants, you know, we're, we're talking about wellness here. And there's very little of that in an actual restaurant environment. You know, it's, it's about pushing out food. Um, sometimes critically thinking about it, but a lot of times like just trying to get the day done, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. And I think this is why pop-ups, um, supper clubs, they're kind of having a, a real resurgence, um, within this pandemic because people, people are great cooks out there, great chefs out there. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want to, they don't want to keep, you know, cutting potatoes for, you know, five hours of your day and then getting ready for the line and then basically giving your all like I've, I've done. That, yeah. That's taxing. Work. It's a lot. It's a it's lot taxing with not a lot of return. Like, right. Even, I hate to say it even on the money front. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> especially <laughs> like, what am I doing front. here? <laughs> um, and I, and I think that's why it's so beautiful to see people kind of taking matters into their own hands and approaching it independently and I know that's hard to do mm. but I feel like we're in a space now where it's it's more accessible for someone yeah. who is great to just DIY it and really tell their story and do them not just cut the potato online but like this is me yeah, um, yeah. and really express themselves and challenge themselves and and do what they were really put here to do talent wise in my book you know the thing that that I have found to be the most important important thing that I have gained from the pandemic in 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 a weird era of just complete loss you know um is time and Mm. I feel like especially you know, personally for me, for my own supper club, the food is, I think, just on a thousand these days because I have the time to think about it without feeling physically 
tired, not in a way of like, I have decided to exercise, but physically tired of like, oh my God, get me out of these kitchen clogs, tired. Um, Though let's be real, I never wore kitchen clogs. (laughs) But but still, you know, like you, you just feel the physicality of it is not even productive. So I feel like if you get bogged down in that, you're not able to have like great ideas. I mean, what, what do you think when you're approaching chefs about your dinner series? Um, Cause I feel like you're getting some really creative, oh, yeah. amazing menus out of it. Um, what do you think it is about your specific dinner series that is really kind of getting these chefs to like think about food differently and like kind of create some really unique menus? I think it's the fact that they get to focus on the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, And that's kind of the way we set it up is like, we're going to focus on the experience. You focus on you, like literally just doing you. And um, it's more of a food showcase in that way. And I think that's the beauty of why these menus turn out so beautifully. It's not like we're coming to them and telling them what to execute. They are, you know, given the floor to really creatively express themselves and and tell their story not only personally but you know as a brand and that's what leads to a really beautiful display of so many different um, dishes so we've been lucky in that Um, but it's really because they get to focus on that and zone in and it because it is also the focal point in the main you know the main dish for lack of a better description, mm-hmm. it, it really keeps the purity of creativity in the process. I, I also love that you're, you're basically making it happen in so many different kinds of spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you've utilized Brooklyn as like, that is your dinner scene. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, it started in our home. <laughs> yes. And then um, what now we just wrapped up, the anniversary in a very like Brooklyn space um, in the heart of it. So actually in the neighborhood where we began, which is even cooler. That Um, is beautiful. That's some full circle stuff. We've done so much throughout. Yeah. Very full circle. We've done so much throughout Brooklyn being our like main base. So yeah, all different kinds of spaces. And I think that's also the beauty of, of food and and the way we're exploring dining is that it can really be anywhere. Where do you see, I mean, what are, what are your goals for rage and release in 2022 and, and And beyond? Yeah. Where where do you see it going? We are just continuing to showcase the lifestyle and share it with more people so that they can experience it and really uh, take it in um, and have it all under one roof. So what you see now is something that we're looking to put under uh, one facility and and share and uh, eventually grow across the country. Yeah, I can't wait. Bringing food and wellness and movement together Mm -hmm. in a space where people can really treat themselves wholly. And that's what we're looking to build out. So we'll be doing these experiences uh, more in the year to come and then eventually opening a space here in Brooklyn where we can showcase it all at one spot. Ooh, I really cannot wait for the day where it's like, there's a rage and release San Francisco 
Rage and release, Austin. Like, I see this. I see this very clearly yes. for you. You're able to kind of sort of take it all over. Um, and then mo- most importantly, um, how do you like to pair? How do you like to pair your food? What what, oh are, my what are the what are the things we're drinking at these you events? Know, what are we smoking and what are we drinking? Yes, <laughs> I, of course. Rage and release uh, is cannabis forward yes. and. Um, I think that everything that we approach is really, it starts with, you know, opening the palate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so starting there and then uh, getting the inspiration of what the, the flavors are going to be. And it really depends. Like tonight, I'm having a nice Malbec. Ooh, I yes. love this for you. I'm a, I'm, I feel um, badly prepped for my own podcast. I'm here it's drinking okay. some dumb a little hot water but <laughs> I, I felt like you know it was fitting to have that yes you were so correct. I poured something special <laughs> and it will be paired with a nice savory uh mushroom dish Ooh. that I'm going to create after this. <laughs> um I'm, I'm still making up the rest as we go but yeah that is definitely going to be the situation but yeah it, it all starts with opening the palate and mm-hmm. then getting all right, what am I, what do I want today? And then having fun creating it, um, which is great. And then pairing accordingly. What are we trying to accomplish here? This is, this is going to be the way I'm going to start every day now is what am I trying to accomplish here? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What are, what am I trying to accomplish here? How do I want to treat myself today? Like I had, a, I had this awesome day, you know, I want, I want something really filling. Mm-hmm. And with that, I want to wash it off with a nice red. So that's what Ooh. I'm doing. Wash your day away with wine. I, wh- keep creating brands, Kenny. You're just good <laughs> at it. Just keep creating a brand. Brand here, brand there. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> um, I know you are. You are. That is... That is definitely one of your many identities is, yes. <laughs> is worker capital W on that. Many hats. Many hats. You do have many hats. Um, you are definitely one of the people that has gotten me through this pandemic. I I mean, you know, whenever we do get to have our happy hour events, it is it is truly it just changes my whole week. Um so thank you for being my friend. Um, back to <laughs> you. Back to you. Same. <laughs> thank you for keeping me sane. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you like to plug? Plug away, my friend. Um, Just to check out Rage and Release and see what we have coming in the new year. Um, we have a lot that we just finished up, but we have a lot that we're planning um, for 2022. So Go follow at Rage and Release. Um, check out our website, rageandrelease.com, and sign up for our newsletter so you can get the first dibs on everything that's coming, uh, including some really amazing designs that we put together. Absolutely. And all of the links will be in the um, mm-hmm. podcast info, along with Kenny's IG as well, because she... She just has a great grid, y'all. Some people give good grid. And she's <laughs> one of them. So all of that thank information you, you. 
will be um, in the podcast notes. Um, Kenny, as usual, a true delight, a true vision. Um, I cannot wait for you to be in Austin. We need to have some serious ginergy, drink some gin drinks. Coming uh, soon. Coming soon. Um, and then that'll be part two also of the podcast. Yes. Uh, maybe a little <laughs> different energy, a different vibe. Oh, um, yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, Stay the people tuned, need it. Everyone. The people want it. And I yes. want it. I want it. <laughs> um, your your true treasure. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut the podcast for right now, but okay. we can we can continue talking. Yes, but. let's could do.